Welcome to Prajna Sparks, a podcast where we listen to a Dharma talk, contemplate with our minds and in our hearts, and engage in guided meditation. In this episode, Yeshe and Zopa introduce the paramitas, or transcendent perfections, in Buddhist practice. Every episode of Prajna Sparks takes hours to plan, record, and edit. We would be so grateful for a moment of your time to subscribe and review our podcast. How about right now? Welcome, friends. It's so lovely to be together again. Yeshe and I are starting off this new year thinking about the paramitas, the transcendent perfection. This is, of course, a huge topic, the backbone of the Mahayana path of practice. There's no way we're going to be able to cover it, no matter how many sessions we take. However, we thought this would be a great topic to examine and delve into a little bit in the next couple months as we contemplate these paramitas, or transcendent perfections. So there's various presentations of the transcendent perfections. The one that we're most familiar with and used to working with is the six paramitas, generosity, ethical discipline, patience, diligence, meditative concentration, and precise knowledge. Today, we thought we'd begin with a discussion of paramitas in general, why it's important, what it means to us, and hopefully give you a little bit of excitement for what's going to follow. Transcendent perfections. Already there, even in that term, there's so much that we can see as a potential to live up to. This is one of the things that I think is crucial to keep reminding myself of, even at the start, is that this is an aspirational kind of practice with the recognition that eventually, if we keep following the path, if we keep living in a heartfelt manner of practice and enjoyment of the path, then we'll grow into these transcendent perfections. What We have all that we need step by step to embody them more and more. So why are they transcendent? They're transcendent because it's what leads us out of samsara. And furthermore, they're what lead us to the full and complete perfect realization of the nature of mind that is Buddhahood. So they're transcendent because they take us to the far shore across the ocean of suffering. This is a huge topic obviously. And yet, in some ways, as we look at each of these perfections, we can see how manageable they are in our everyday life. We can see how there's an access point for each of us in every moment of the day. We get to see how amazingly beautiful the Buddha's teaching is, how kind and generous it is to us, giving us access right where we are, wherever we are in the present moment, and at the same time, giving us the scaffolding and steps to approach our goal that can seem so far away, this perfect and complete 
omniscience of Buddhahood that is the perfect benefit of oneself and others. Going forward, we will explore each of them one by one in their own episode. Right now, we'd like to explore why the paramitas are so important to each of us. Yeshe? I think one of the things that I find really touching about the teaching of the paramitas is that implicit in those teachings is this yearning that the students of the Buddhas had from the get-go to understand what was he. (laughs) I read once that the thing about the Buddha and Jesus that makes them different from everybody else is that people didn't ask, who are you? They asked, what are you? Because they were just so otherworldly, even as they were right here in the world with us. And the teachings on the paramita per se are ones that the students of the Buddha and the various different heritages that developed after the Buddha passed into Parinirvana put together out of the Buddha's teachings and said, these are the prime things that propel the path to awakening. So you'll see, for example, that the Theravada and early Buddhist traditions will describe 10 parami in the Pali wording, whereas the Mahayana traditions such as Zen and Chan, Tibetan Buddhism, Vajrayana, etc., will discuss the six paramitas or transcendent perfections like you just mentioned. And I find that so touching. There's this both longing to attain this wonderful state and a real heartfelt interest and understanding the Buddha and the immense task that he accomplished to become a perfect and complete awakened individual. Even at the time of the Pali suttas, we see that people understood that the Buddha was very different. There were beings who attained awakening, attained arahathood, but it was understood that the Buddha was set apart, even compared to them. And I find something very beautiful about these teachings that really give us a sense of the immensity of the task to become a samyaksam Buddha, perfect and complete, enlightened one. Then I think you hit it on the head, that quality of the paramitas being so present in every moment so that we can access it at any point in our days. Like much of what happens on the path to enlightenment, the qualities of enlightenment, it's a tricky thing to describe the paramitas because there's a non-dual reality to them that is very difficult to describe in dualistic language by folks like us with a dualistic perception, etc. This actually makes for a wonderfully mysterious, poetic, and creative way of interacting with generosity, ethical discipline, patience, diligence, meditative concentration, and precise knowledge, such that those words, however beautiful they are, seem kind of flat. As we go through them one by one in the subsequent episodes, we'll see how multidimensional become, how beyond dimension they become, 
how any given moment contains the opportunity to engage in any action of body, speech, or mind with all six of these paramitas fully present in a collective collaboration that fleshes out our experience in really marvelous ways. For me, I love how amazing, how vast in scope each of the paramitas is. There's this real sense of how there are things that we can engage in in the present, and yet there's this amazing scope that they represent, the scope of practice, the scope of growth, the scope of what we actually grow into through our practice. That's a beautiful lived experience of the path. I think to me, when I first encountered the teachings on the paramitas, I definitely was intimidated. I mean, in some ways, like you're saying, they can seem a little bit flat or just six terms. Like, how can that be the expanse of the path? And yet there's so much to each of them that I I definitely was intimidated by them and had the sense of like, oh, wow, well, that's something that we get to once we achieve the first boomy, and then you're concentrating on generosity in the first boomy, or you're concentrating on ethical discipline in the second boomy, the second bodhisattva level. But as I've come to explore it and work with it over time, the sense of being able to tap right into any of these practices in the immediate moment, to call them into our experience, to concentrate on them, to turn to them as an answer to any of the questions about how to engage with life. Is is this choice right now that I'm making imbued with generosity? Is it embraced by ethical discipline? Is it shored up with patience? Am I taking my time? Am I embracing Uh, what needs to be embraced. So that's one of the things that feels so potent to me about these practices, is both their enormity of scope, their precise ability to be brought into each moment of our days. I have to say, I'm feeling a little bit like Icarus hearing you describe the paramitas, like we're trying to get very close to the sun and we might end up plummeting to the earth instead. The beauty, again, of the paramitas, as you just described, is that they are both very grounded and very lofty. Sometimes this term transcendent can be easily confused. I see a lot of social media posts knocking transcendence. And to some extent, there's something to that. If transcendence is understood as floating above life and rejecting the hot mess of our days, then there is something troublesome about that. At the same time, there's something very important about honoring transcendence, which recognizes that it's already a particular harmonic native to our being, native to our mind, and that it's a question of letting go of things that impede our manifesting this transcendent perfection that forms the basis of practice. 
So when we are looking at each of these going forward, for the Dharma talks, I expect to look into various texts that describe them, explain different translations, and look at how wording the Dharma in English can help us understand better what each of these six paramitas are, and also how they are treated as points of practice, what role they have, as you mentioned, Lama Zopa, in the progress through the bodhisattva levels, but also even before that moment of first realization, the first bhumi, where we all tend to be most of the time, those of us speaking and listening to the podcast. How does something that seems so lofty relate to us now? How do the texts, how do the traditional teachings present the paramitas as more than just some ideal that's out in the future and we can't imagine. So that's what you can look forward to on the Dharma talk side of the coming six episodes covering the paramitas. Zopa, you have quite a challenge in the contemplations and meditations. How do you intend to look at those? Well, I think you really nailed it, Lama Yeshe, with that sense of immediacy and transcendence not being in opposition to each other, but being held in paradox. To me, that's what mystery is. That's, that's the richness that mystery brings in, is helps us get out of the sense that we know all there is to know of life, this underlying assumption that wherever we are in life, nothing's going to surprise us. There's nothing that, do, that doesn't fit in. Whereas I feel like transcendence, immediacy, they go hand in hand. And that's really what I hope to bring forth in the contemplations and meditations, the sense of how to engage with the practices, how to engage with the paramitas in ways that are immediate, but also help to expand our perception of life, our perception of ourself, our perception of what's possible in a moment, not delaying gratification or enlightenment, or spiritual progress to the future, but really tapping deep into the root, into the heart of our own experience right now, and discovering those aspects of generosity, of ethical discipline, patience, diligence, meditative concentration, and precise knowledge in the here and now, and seeing how that connects us to those transcendent qualities that are inherent in the nature of our mind, the full blossoming of Buddhahood. That's what I'm hoping for going forward. We'll see how it goes. Well, I can't wait. Please join us in the next six episodes as we journey through the six paramitas one by one. This is Yeshe and Zopa for Prajna Sparks. Be sure to join us every month on the new and full moons for fresh episodes. Shivni is our Tibetan singing bowl artist. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to like, subscribe, share, and review Prajna Sparks. It really does make a big difference. If you have any questions, contact us via email, Instagram, or Facebook. Check the episode notes for those links and for more resources on today's topic. Visit us on the web at prajnafire.com 
or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Prajna Sparks. Thank you for listening. May all beings benefit.